This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Fun episode today with Vanessa. She's going to be sharing some fabulous things that we can do since we're all working from home and our stress levels are up. If our kids are running around while we're trying to get things done because they're not at school because of all of the situation around the world with the COVID virus. And it's going to be fun. She's also going to share about how her improvements with rheumatoid arthritis are exciting and very significant. Before we do, I'd just like to pop over to iTunes and say thank you for a five-star review recently. And it's a lovely comment that we've got here by Sir Robert Wilbury. And Sir Robert Wilbury says, the podcasts were a joy to listen to. As someone with a family member who has severe arthritis, it has encouraged me to keep her going. She wanted to stay at home. However, I have forced her to leave the house in her wheelchair. She is, has now inspired the whole family. Her leaving and recovering has mainly come to me listening to these podcasts and pushing my family member. Thank you so much. These podcasts have revolutionized my and my family's lives. They are so interesting and a pleasure to listen to. So thank you, Sir Robert Wilbury. And if anyone feels inspired and uplifted after a podcast, please go over to iTunes. It only takes about one minute and another five-star review would be amazing and keeps me pumped and uh, excited to continue to deliver these free episodes as often as I can. And with that, we're going to now have a lot of fun talking to Vanessa. As I said before, she's got a combination of a few things for us to to learn from today. We're going to um, enjoy this. G'day, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good and really, really pleased to be with you today, Clint. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's our second conversation in a fairly short period of time. You and I got together uh, to talk about your situation in a one-on-one session about two Mm -hmm. or three weeks ago. We built a plan for you. And just before we hit record here, you said that you've already made progress in the direction that we want by reducing some uh, dependency on the steroid. So Mm -hmm. what we'll do today is um, we've agreed, you'll just tell us a little bit about your improvements by following the lifestyle changes that I always recommend. Uh, And then you've got some wonderful tips for us regarding doing better, keeping moving, keeping busy and staying healthier at home uh, Mm -hmm. whilst we're spending a lot more time at home. So over to you to talk about, you know, your progress and challenges, ups and downs with RA. Great. Well, thank you. So I guess maybe it's a good place to start is with the original diagnosis. So I was diagnosed with RA after the birth of my son, Blake. Uh, four and a half years ago. So I believe it was the pregnancy and the birth that triggered my RA, which I know is not uncommon. And it started with pain in my feet, like I'd been walking too much, almost like bruising. And then it spread pretty systemically to knees, hips, jaw, hands, wrists, all of the joints really. And was pretty tricky with a newborn baby, first child, trying to manage that. So not being able to get up and feed him in the night, having to have my husband bring him into me, uh, not being able to do poppers on little suits, not being able to sit down in any of the baby groups, but having to sit on a chair and just really not knowing like what on earth was going on. Luckily, I was diagnosed quite quickly. We've got some great RA doctors here in uh, Birmingham in the UK. And from there on in, it was steroid injections to start with, loads of painkillers, and then an introduction of a cocktail of drugs, it feels like, and just a bit of a merry-go-round, really, of different drugs, different dosages, um, tapering up, tapering down, and so many side effects for me that went with that. Um, I was pretty unlucky, really, in that every drug I tried seemed to have 
some sort of ill effect, uh, a feeling of either being hungover all the time when I hadn't drunk a thing, a lot of fatigue, uh, a lot of sickness, just intolerable really. So needing to find another route. I eventually came off the worst of the drugs and just stuck on the um, hydroxychloroquine and a low dose of steroids and stuck with quite a lot of pain in order to try and have another baby. And unfortunately, that wasn't to be for us. We had a few rounds of IVF, uh, which didn't work out. But it was around that time I discovered the Patterson program. And I was at a pretty low ebb there. I had a lot of pain. I had a rough time. And a friend told me about the Patterson program, just assuming that I knew. And I was like, no, I don't know. And she kind of waxed lyrical about it. And it was August 2019. Uh, yeah, that I started. So just start over a year ago. And I was excited. I was excited to finally take control back of this merry-go-round that I felt like I was completely out of control. And I followed it to the letter. Um, I did the three-day fast as well. And the results, I've got to say, were staggering. Within 10 days, my pain score that I was logging every day in my spreadsheet religiously fell by about 30% just in 10 days. Um, in 15 days, I was able to start coming down on the prednisolone that I was on, uh, one milligram at a time. And within six months, I look back on my spreadsheet before this call, my CRP went down from uh, 18 when I was first diagnosed down to under one. That's incredible. So I actually went into remission. So, I mean, everyone around me was completely flabbergasted. Uh, including my RA consultant, who is a great man, a great doctor, but not that interested in diet and exercise and all those things. And he genuinely didn't get it. And, you know, he sat there in his room with my spreadsheets going, look at what I'm doing. But, you know, I, I did it. I did it through the affirmations, which I had on my fridge, and I looked at them every day. I really believed them, you know. I did the diet uh, to the letter. Um, and I found a real sensitivity to dairy through doing that because when I did have like a tiny bit of milk by accident, it actually made my throat swell. So I think that it was really clever that it picked that up. Um, I meditated daily, which is something that I've never done before, but I picked up the Headspace app and I absolutely love that now. I can't imagine life without it and the space that it gives you. I exercised six days a week and I still do, whether it's hot yoga or it's cycling. I have a Peloton, which is the live streaming cycling thing I've talked to you about before and I'm obsessed with. Um, and I'm sort of leaner, I'm stronger, and I feel more powerful than I ever have done before. And that is a year of the Patterson program and making those changes. And for me, it works because it is so holistic. It allows you to make a lifestyle change and it allows you to be part of something bigger than you, bigger than the disease. And like I said, to get control for the first time, really, since getting diagnosed. So for that, I'm grateful. It was the thing that pulled all these strands together of nutrition, exercise, things I instinctively knew were important, but I didn't know how to pull it all together. Um, and I needed that and I needed the confidence because I'd lost a lot of confidence with the diagnosis, uh, with the journey that I'd been on and also leaving my job. You know, I left a big job because I was too poorly to do it. But the program really gave me the confidence back to move on and do something new. Wow. What a transformation. That is absolutely, you know, phenomenal. And you know, I always get surprised too. Your rheumatologist looking at your spreadsheet and you're you know, showing you all of the progress and stuff. And um, whilst I do hear this a lot, um, I always still get surprised. Not that it works, but just at how effective it can be. And also because I also, on the flip side, hear so many uh, people saying how bad their situation is in a, in a state before they get started, so I'm constantly reminded of how shocking the condition is, how bad the disease is. And so, you know, I hear both sides. It's like, hey, I'm in a terrible state, blah, 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 blah. It's awful. And, and what should I do? And very desperate. And then I likewise hear stories like yours. And so the contrast always twists my mind. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, gosh, 
you know, what a, what a fantastic outcome. And, and, you know, we're always striving for better and we're always striving for the best possible outcome. And uh, you're at the moment, just to complete your story, uh, working on just trying to taper down the only drug you're still now on, which is that prednisolone. And mm-hmm. you and I put together a, a plan over an hour, you know, where it takes time to yeah. pull together all aspects of one's uh, situation and look at where there's room to make a tweak here and a tweak there. And, and that's what we did. So, um, yeah. I think that, uh, you, you know, you've already been successful in getting a couple of milligram off of your daily dose. And, uh, and that's really exciting. And, and, you know, as we spoke about and put together, you've got a plan to really move through the next few months with that. Yeah, that's, that's it. And I had plateaued and that's why I sort of sought out your help in that one-to-one consultation. And I'm so glad I did because I've gone from plateaued, could not get down a milligram. And I tried about three or four times thinking I couldn't be stricter on my food. I couldn't be more dedicated to the exercise. I couldn't be meditating any more than I am. There aren't enough hours in the day. And yet with these little tweaks here and there, this just experience and expertise, I've got down two milligrams in two weeks and I'm thrilled and I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I'm, it's not easy, but I feel like I'm going to do it. Mm, you will do it. You will do it. I will you are do doing it. it. That's it. That's it. So fantastic. Now I invited you uh, actually on this podcast to talk about your business. And um, you mentioned that you'd come out of a work situation um, due to, you know, a combination of things and and an opportunity arose for you to do something that you're more passionate about. And I said, why don't you talk about, give us some tips, you know, just give us uh, some tips. We had a guest, Mizumi, come on uh, some time ago on the podcast and she shared some wonderful tips uh, about uh, an area of, of, her passion. And, and then she also had a book and some people got great value out of listening to her tips and some people wanted all of them and went and got her book and the, and it worked really well. And I thought, mm-hmm. why don't Vanessa, you come on and give us some great tips around what you're doing, because, you know, what you're doing is so uh, relevant to everyone's lives right now. So to tell us what, tell us what you're up to and give us some uh, insights into how we can do better given that we're spending so much time at home and we're stressed and so forth. Uh-huh. I'd love to try. So I'll start with explaining what Wealthy is. Uh, that's that logo behind me. That's the business. Like you say, I'd, I'd, spent, I'd spent some time in a career previously. So I was about 20 years actually working in marketing at Unilever. So giant yeah. global firm and a global job doing great things, lots and lots of travel, lots of stress. And then more recently in advertising agencies working at kind of board level. And I had some niggles that I probably ignored, some signs that maybe that was all a bit too much sometimes. And I'd always had it in the back of my mind that what I really wanted to do was retrain to become a coach because I had a business coach through a lot of my career that had helped me so much, not just as an employee, but as a person to learn things about how to live a happier, better life. So I've kind of always had this idea and this passion for wanting to retrain. And that's what I'm now doing. I'm retraining to become a business coach. And I am loving that because it's giving me the opportunity to meet great people and to help them to understand what their best self looks like and to then put in steps in order to help them get there one step at a time. And that for me is just absolute joy. You know, they could literally pay me um, or I could pay them, sorry, for the pleasure. (laughs) Um, But I also had this feeling over the last year or so that that's not quite enough. I feel like a bit of a walking experiment given what I've been through and what the Patterson program has taught me. And so I wanted to do more than just coaching. I wanted it to be more holistic and It was just serendipitous, really, that I got talking to a really great friend called Amy, who I actually met through baby classes uh, like four and a half years ago. And she had a similar kind of story. And she works for another big corporate um, in a big sales director role. Similar stress, similar travel, crazy, crazy world. And she's also looking for a new world um, and is training to become an Ayurveda practitioner. Have you heard of Ayurveda? I'm sure you have. (laughs) It's basically one of the world's oldest healing systems for people that don't know originated in India 
it's fascinating and it's all about creating health through realizing the connection between mind, body, and spirit. So beautifully aligned to a lot of actually what Patterson talks about, but also what I'm learning as a coach. And we thought, hang on a minute, could we not bring these two things together? Plus our business acumen and 20, 40 years experience between us to create something really compelling that we both have a lot of passion for. And that's what we're doing. And that's when Wealthy was born, also around a year ago. So what we are is a workplace well-being training business. So we go into businesses, uh, we bring a lot of evidence and science to what we do. And we provide training programs, essentially, that arm the employees and the employer with the tools and the knowledge that they need in order to create lasting change to total well-being. So we don't ever just talk to the employee, we talk to the person, because without that holistic view of someone's whole life, you're never really going to make that much change um, to productivity, to turnover, to absences. And as I'm sure you know, like depression, anxiety, it's absolutely rife in the workplace, despite so many great initiatives worldwide. The rate of depression and anxiety in the workplace is growing um, in spite of all that, in spite of all the investment. And of course, with what's happening with COVID-19, things are worse still and creating more pressure for people. So our offering is workshops whether they be remote which they mostly are at the moment there's a lot of this going on um, and we do deliver our content in chapters to keep it really neat and um, not too much at once to take on um, but we do do face-to-face when the world allows uh, we do coaching we do line manager training all that kind of thing but our difference really is that we bring our business background to it in order to make sure that it's measurable and that it really does create a return on investment for the businesses that are spending precious cash on that training. So our core belief is that success needs to be redefined. Um, careers can't be about just climbing the ladder anymore and replacing one burnout employee with another. Businesses need to take that holistic view of people's well-being um, and we provide a way for them to do that. Uh, We also don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, there's some real humour to what we do and some lightness. And we're not afraid of showing our own vulnerabilities and telling our own stories because we believe it's those stories that enable other people to open up and share and realise what it is that they want to change. And then giving them the tools in order to make those changes and stick with them. So we do a lot of work around behavior change and habit change, which I'm sure you're pretty well versed in, given the shape of your program. Because, you know, you can have the best ideas and intentions in the world. But unless there's a framework and a program uh, to put around it, willpower alone is not enough, usually. Um, So we put a lot of effort into helping people learn about habit change. Um, we're finding that's really making the difference. Mm-hmm. So that's wealthy. Yes, that does sound very good. You know, I'm picturing listening to you if you were sort of pitching your product to me, if I was a business owner and I had a few staff, uh, which I do, um, you know, and, and whether or not I'd think, oh, your services would sound good and appropriate. And, you know, you, you touch upon so many personal, emotional sort of aspects and, and just a you know, you're very good at connecting to the human and not so much pushing any sort of corporate stuff. And at the same time, the corporate side of it, which is the measurable outcomes and, and uh, you know, redefining the way businesses think about success, this mm-hmm. stuff it also sounds fabulous. So, you know, because oh, I've never heard you say that, you know, obviously no. this is the first time I've heard about your business. Yeah, in any kind of yeah you're a good focus group. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm just giving you very, very good feedback on how, how that sounds. And, uh, you know, when I picture my audience here or, or who, who's listening or watching this, there's probably a, a good portion of people who are at home by themselves, who are mums and dads or husband and wives or on their own or whatever. And then there's also uh, who are, you know, either working from home or, or past working age or in between jobs. And then there's people who are in corporate environments 
who may be interested in, um, in talking to their business or in a position themselves to make a decision about your business. So let's hope that this reaches some um, some people who uh, who are going to reach out to you. Let's let's get some tips for you though, and yeah. get some um, from you. Learn a little bit about the sort of things that we could get and implement. Should uh, should we uh, do more with wealthy? Great, let's go. So I've got three tips for you, very much handpicked for your audience. Um, so I've made some assumptions about your listeners, given I am one of your listeners, um, but also trying to think a bit more broadly. And I think that they are pretty savvy about health already. They're part of the Patterson program. So they know about the basics of good nutrition, about plant-based eating. Um, They know about the gut and they probably know a decent amount about exercise as well. So these are not the beginner class this is like the intermediate class (laughs) so I've been really careful not to talk about things that are super obvious because I know if it was me I'd just be like hitting the off switch so I'm also going to be really mindful of the pandemic you know it's everywhere we can't ignore it and as you've just said a lot of people are working from home and working from home with the challenges of rheumatoid arthritis and it's like double whammy so I want to try and give some tips that are going to help there but I appreciate not everyone's in that position and I think that a lot of what I'm going to share will be useful no matter the industry desk job or not uh, working or not working there's a decent amount of content in here that will I think help even any of those people across that spectrum so I'll get stuck in with number one of three so number one is called Don't Zoom, Just Walk. So (laughs) I know we're on one right now, so this is a little bit ironic, but uh, (laughs) being on a Zoom, Google Meet, Hangout, whatever it might be, being on those hour after hour, day after day, is immensely draining. And we know that instinctively, but Some studies have been done now to show that the reason they're so draining is that your brain is struggling to read the body language of multiple people on a screen at once. It's not so bad now because it's just you and I. I can actually, if I concentrate, imagine that you're in the room. It's okay. But it's when you've got like nine people in a row, your brain is trying to process all of that on a really, really tiny space. And that's why it's so, so tiring um, for you. And alongside that, there's just the danger of sitting, of being as sedentary as that. If it's like five hours worth of Zoom calls in a row without, you know, moving apart from maybe to go to the loo. And I feel like the danger of sitting is really well felt by RA sufferers because actually we begin to physically feel it. I know that I do. I feel my fingers seizing up, my knees So we kind of have a built-in alarm system that goes, "Er, er, time to move, get up. Um, Lots of other people don't have that and could actually sit from nine to five or more without moving. And the dangers of sitting are largely unknown by the masses. Um, To be sedentary, the um, World Health Organization believes, actually accounts for 6% of all deaths now globally. So chronic inactivity. Causes 6% of mortality. But there's some good news. The Science Daily published a paper at the end of last year to share that even for the people that are the most sedentary, if they are to replace sitting with half an hour of activity, that will reduce their mortality rate by 50%. So just for getting up and moving for half an hour a day, you can make a huge impact to your lifespan and the health of that lifespan. And that was amazing to me. The change only has to be small. And so the wealthy proposal is that you swap at least one Zoom meeting per day with a walking meeting that is outside. So it's one small change. And we all know already the obvious mental health benefits of getting out into nature. Like we all feel it, just being amongst the trees and the grass you just feel better. Um, And there's been countless studies done to prove that it is enormously helpful for depression and for lots of other um, diseases. But 
There are also some more surprising benefits. So Stanford University did a fascinating study um, where they found that walking and talking, so doing a meeting with your headphones in, plugged into your phone, actually results in more creative ideas. Mm. Um, So when you are moving, you are accessing parts of your brain that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, And they found that for 81% of people, they had an uplift of 60% or more. So imagine being 60% more creative. If you're on a call and you're trying to tackle a really difficult problem, or you've got someone who works for you asking you for some fresh ideas or some feedback, you will be 60% more creative with your ideas and your responses if you're moving. I just find that amazing. And I just think, why wouldn't you? It's going to make you less stiff and you'll be more creative and happier. And a couple of more great benefits to this idea. The second one, which I know you're a fan of, is exposure to vitamin D. And I know you've been doing a whole lot of reading from our last conversation around that um, particular hormone and its link to RA and reducing RA activity. So it's now been proven that getting out into the sunshine, exposing your skin, upping your vitamin D um, can reduce activity of RA in patients. And this is tricky in the UK where it's pretty cloudy a lot of the time. And so we do need to supplement as well. But on days when the sun is out, get wrapped up as much as you can in your body, get your arms and your legs out if you can bear it as much as your face out as possible, appreciating you may need a mask at this time, but getting that vitamin D onto your skin, into your eyes will improve your RA. Um, yes. And then anything you want to add on that one? On, no, I want, to, I want to give you a personal experience, a couple of them that really tie in with your 60% more creative mm. um, uh, study result, but I'll wait until you close out and then I'll, I'll share okay. my thoughts. That'd be yeah. great. Uh, the final reason to do this um, walking meeting is it can actually improve your sleep, which sounds a bit crazy, but it's been found that getting out in the morning, getting the sunlight into your eyes, so not wearing sunglasses while you're doing this walking meeting, even if it is sunny, uh, just for at least 10 minutes of the walk to have be sunglasses free, will actually allow the sunlight to enter your eyes. And that aids your natural circadian biology. It basically tells your brain, hello, it's morning time. And that enables your circadian biology to be more in tune when it's the night time. So you will find yourself, if you get out, daily habit around the same time, get that sunshine into your eyes, you will sleep better at night over time. And we all know that great rest and great sleep is a huge component of managing RA, or it certainly has been for me. Mm. I know it's such a great suggestion. And whilst a lot of us intuitively think, yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes we just need that reminder and we need to be told to go and do it because it's not really a barrier or, or inappropriate to jump on a moving Zoom call. I'll give you a couple of examples recently where I've, I've there's three things I want to share around this. When you're talking, all I could think of was recent examples where I've done this and it was great. First of all, um, anyone who's watched any of my sort of YouTube videos over a long enough period, we'll see that a lot of the time I'm walking when I'm recording the videos. And so uh, whilst I hadn't really broken down why I like to do that and thought about why I like to do that, your study results showing that 60% more creativity applies tends to fit with my personal experience. I find that when I'm moving, my thoughts come to me better. I seem to talk more fluently. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's definitely feels like I'm in sync with the creative energies when also my body is moving. So, um, Great. and then something else that just came to mind over the years when I've been doing stand-up comedy, um, my tendency is to slowly walk left and right along mm. the stage if there's room. Well, a lot of comedians do actually, don't they? Yes. And whilst I don't know if this has ever been studied, you know, it tends to be more of the uh, one-liner type of comic who stands in one spot and just delivers line after line after line. But those who are storytelling, those who are getting into, you know, a flow or rhythm of some kind of more 
longer monologue are mm-hmm. definitely walking around. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's just for the audience's benefit of something to look at for them to be right. moving. No, I think it's getting into the storytelling that's and really the creativity. Yeah. And then there's two more ex- recent examples because you've just stimulated my my creative juices here. Imagine if um, you were moving, Clint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I actually uh, was contacted recently by uh, someone, a member of our uh, community who actually, uh, she's an expert at book publishing and she contacted me and said, enough's enough. When are you going to do your book? I, you know, I can help you call me. All right. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And so I got in contact with Jill and uh, jumped on a moving. I thought I want to talk to her while I go for a walk. Okay. So I jumped on a moving zoom call and we had a sensational talk Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, get back into now uh, getting this book done. So, you know, yeah, it was just really, really good to, you know, again, just feel I more energized uh, mm. with a moving Zoom call and I hadn't done it uh, for a while just because, you know, there's the stigma around, oh, you're out doing something else at the same time, therefore you're oh, not focused God. on me. And I don't think that applies. I think with the right education, particularly okay. coming from a boss and saying everyone can uh-huh. do it, here yeah. are the reasons that we've just learned from Vanessa. That exactly. It gives permission. That's right. It needs permission. That is the right word. Yeah. Thank you. And then the last thing is I, um, I'm part of a, uh, I won an award many years ago for my science and they, and I get invited every year to presentations for that award ceremony. And I watched that whole award ceremony this year, just two days ago, whilst at the gym. And so whilst I wasn't visible, you know, I found, you know, I fitted your criteria of moving whilst I'm being engaged with something that I had to from a work, so-called work kind of angle. So look, I'm all about that tip number one. If the next two tips are as good as that one, uh, we're going (laughs) to... The pressure. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. So in the interest of, you know, in the interest of of time, let's, let's get on to tips number two and three. Let's do it. So tip number two is called Know Your Drains and Radiators. Sounds pretty odd. I will explain it. So first, have a guess at the single most important predictor of a long and healthy life. The funniest answer came to mind, quadricep strength is one that is linked to to lifespan as well as Grip strength is linked to lifespan. Whether or not you live on a hill and, and walk to up and down hills is a lot. Uh, your social environment and whether or not you treat old people as valuable or not, all these things link into uh, lifespan. But, of course, all this ties back to health ultimately. So, I mean, what is the answer that you had prepared for us? <laughs> You're pretty good. So, well, it's Harvard's claim. Uh, they've done the longest study on human behaviour um, so they've been studying 730, 724 men since 1938, so the time of the Great Depression. They've been studying them every single year, the ones that are still alive. And they found that the ones that lead the healthiest, longest lives are those that lean in to relationships with their friends, their family and their community. So your social point was mm. on the money. It's not about exercise. It's not about food. It's not even Mm -hmm. about necessarily muscle strength. All of those things, of course, contribute. So what they found is the answer is quality relationships, Mm. which I found pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And it made me reflect on just how carefully we choose the people that we spend our time with. Yeah. And that's how we came up with this idea of drains and radiators. Um, So drains being there are people in your life that you spend time with and you feel drained. You feel like your energy has been sapped out of you. And then there are people who are radiators. They are warm and they fill you up and they make you feel like the sun is shining on you as a result of spending time with them. And then there's lots of people in between. and so. One of the exercises that we do in a wealthy workshop is we have people just list 10 people just on the top of their head. Could be work, could be home life. 
And then we get them to draw across the page a big line, drains, radiators, and then we have them plot those 10 people across. And they get like 30 seconds to do it. So no time to really overthink it. Just boom, 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 boom. And people are sat like staring at the page like, whoa, you know, they've never really thought about it that way before for most people. And it seems a little bit brutal. But actually, when you realize that this is the most important thing that is determining how long and healthy your life is, it's mm. really, really important. Mm. However, finding who your radiators are is simple. Spending time with them right now is not so simple. Uh, we are around the world being kept apart like we never have been before these are strange times indeed um so our tip is to find your radiators first of all work out who they are the people that fill your tank up rather than depleting it and then to find a way to get to your radiators working with the restrictions that you have in your region or your country right now if you can meet with people still, whether it be outside or with the relevant precautions, um, then do so. Meet them safely. And there might be somebody that you end up with on your chart who is a radiator that's someone you work with, but maybe you don't even work with them that much, but they just fill you up when you speak to them. They make you laugh. Then maybe it's time to ask them some advice on a project for some input and to meet with them in an appropriate place, at a safe distance, the pleasure and the happiness that you could get from that hour, that experience, is likely to be quite a creative experience, quite a useful experience, but ultimately will make you feel happy and more productive than you might have done for weeks. Also, we're big fans of bringing back the spontaneous call, as we call it. It feels like everything is so scheduled now. And I think even more so with everybody working from home, it feels like every hour, every minute is a scheduled Zoom call. And it is okay to just pick up the phone and ring someone that you really like at work as if you were at the water cooler, just having a natter in the good old days of going into the office because great creative thoughts come out of those conversations. It's why companies like Google created their offices in a way in which there would be human friction People are designed to bump into each other in corridors and spaces mm. because they know that that unplanned human connection creates great ideas and great thoughts and creates networks that might not have existed otherwise. So bring back spontaneous calls. Work out someone that's in your work network that is a radiator and just ring them. Mm. Yeah, love it as well. Absolutely. I have been following Anthony Robbins's work for, gosh, a long time, 15 years or something. And uh, the way he puts it is who you spend time with is who you become. There's a million other, you know, sayings and metaphors for this, you know, show me a, show me a person's friends and I'll show you the person. Uh, you know, birds of a feather flock together, all of these different ways of saying that we end up sort of, uh, you know, if the ex oh, the other one is the expectation, we always rise to the expectations of our peer group. And mm. so it's so important as to who we spend time with. And Melissa and I, my wife, after we, you know, have a particularly up or down experience by having a, a friend visit or us visit friends, you know, we'll often say, you know, I always feel so and, uh, you know, uplifted or, or vibrant after we see that person or that family. And then there might be someone, you know, a neighbor or something, and we have not so good an experience where we think, you know, not the biggest fan of their energy. We say that. That's how we put it, an energetic sort of sensation or on, not on their wavelength or they're just, mm -hmm. you know, the vibe. It's about vibe and energy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I, I love this one as well. And, um, I have a couple of friends, uh, there's the, the guys at Mastering Diabetes in this sort of community. Uh, they mm. run masteringdiabetes.org and they are so upbeat and vibrant, fun and happy that we have a WhatsApp group. And mm. every time we hit each other with the WhatsApp, it's just always laughs and hilarity. And, uh, you know, I just love that connection. So for me, whilst one's 
one's in Costa Rica and one's in uh, Santa Monica. We're connecting all the time and laughing and, and that's mm. our little WhatsApp group. So, you know, right. maybe, maybe one implementation would be to create a WhatsApp group with people in your business who you do get the good vibe from. Absolutely. And yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what's, that's what's working um, for me. Just one example. And I've got a, um, there's an event organizer called Helene who's uh, organ- organizes uh, plant-based events and she's just big in that space. And mm-hmm. I just called her out of the blue, must have been yesterday, day before yesterday morning, and it felt weird that I was just randomly calling her. I and, and I have a different number, a different phone number now because we've got back to Australia and, um, and she's like, hello? It's like, why am I getting a strange call from someone who I don't know without, you know? And, um, yeah, but it was strangely, it was it was like a tiny little mini thrill just to call someone yeah, yeah. who I respected and liked who I hadn't scheduled and just said, hey, you go, you know? Yeah, it so. people out a little bit, but I think in a great way. And, again, I, it's permission. Yeah. If the business supports that and says not everything has to be scheduled we want you to call each other it doesn't always have to be a reason it's crazy isn't it if the business is educated enough to know creativity yeah. will come out of that connection yeah. will come out of that then they'll yeah. support that and it won't be weird anymore but actually even when it is weird it's kind of cool <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love it well thank you right. i love these tips now let's hit the third tip third and final tip is to learn how to hack your hormones. So we do lots of talking around hormones at Wealthy in our workshops because we believe that understanding just the fundamentals of some of our key hormones can help us to demystify what can be quite a cloud of feelings sometimes. You can feel anxious, you can feel stressed, you can feel overwhelmed. And just not be able to unknot that. And yet, if you can understand the hormones that are driving a lot of those feelings, you can decode it and make sense of it and actually feel a lot more in control. And I don't know about you, but despite my very best efforts and knowledge over the lockdown, I have definitely suffered from a feeling of malaise some days, a, a complete lack of productivity. Like I was going to plan this out days ago, but it happened today because I needed the motivation and the deadline. And that's not me. That's just a feeling of Ugh, that you, you get when we're all under the pressures and the stress that we are. So I want to share just the least obvious um, of our hacks from the Wealthy Workshops to enable the audience to try them out and to get a much needed boost to their feeling of well-being. They're really simple and they're really easy to try. So I hope that you like these. So first of all, we have to talk about the not so happy hormones and those are adrenaline and cortisol. And I'm sure everybody knows this, but they are the stress response hormones and they are overworked right now. We are all feeling a lot more stressed than normal. And the fact that they are being so overworked is partly why we're all feeling a little lethargic uh, versus our normal best selves. They are not bad. Adrenaline and cortisol uh, kept us safe for many, many um, hundreds, thousands of years when we were running around in caves and being chased by saber-toothed tigers. That is our fight and flight response. It's what kept us alive. But now we're almost in constant state of anxiety and fear. And I heard someone the other day say, I just feel like a hummingbird trapped between two panes of glass. And I thought, what a great explanation. That's how I feel sometimes. It's like, <laughs> you can feel it in your body in different ways, but it's not good. And it's not, it's not good at all, short term or long term, to be in that state. It can have really, really serious implications for our long term health. We are not evolved to be feeling that way as regularly as we currently are. So there are lots of pretty obvious ways to tackle it, you know, the meditation, the mindfulness, the deep breathing exercises. But there's a really interesting and not so obvious one, which is to run your finger along your top lip very, very gently back and forth. I hope everybody is doing this with me because otherwise I'll feel very silly. There are parasympathetic 
fibers in your top lip that activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So the parasympathetic nervous system is like the yin to the yang of the sympathetic nervous system. So on one side, you've got your fight or flight. And on the other side, you've got your rest and digest, calming nervous system. So you can basically hack into that just by doing that action. It should make you feel just slightly more relaxed. So let's say you're on a call and you're feeling suddenly triggered and angry and frustrated. So just sit and quite subtly be doing this will make you feel calmer. And then hopefully after that call, you can get out in nature, have a proper break, go grab a tea, whatever it is you need to climb down from that adrenaline rush. But it's just a cheeky little way. And I found it enormously useful since learning about that. So I hope it's one that you can all try out. Mm. So then we've got four hormones I'm going to go through and one little tip to try and hack it. And then this tip will be all done. So we're going to start with endorphins. That's the first of our four happy hormones. So endorphins are associated with a feeling of euphoria. Um, They're stimulated by some illegal things that we won't talk about. Um, Also by alcohol and sad to say it, chocolate. And if you are a Patterson devout like me, then those things are all off the menu. So they're no good and we need some other ideas. And there are some obvious ones. So endorphins are very commonly known to be associated with running when you get that runner's high. It's actually endocannabinoids going around your bloodstream. Your endorphins are rushing and it feels amazing. It feels like you could run through a wall, but you've got to get to quite a stage of the run or the cycle or whatever it is you're doing. We're talking about 20 minutes in of hard work to get to that high. So in the working from home world, we need a a quicker hack. And my hack for this one is laughter. So laughing it it creates exactly the same response of triggering your endorphins. So I have myself a little library of ridiculously funny videos on YouTube. And if I'm having a bit of a trough and I feel like I need a little pick-me-up, rather than grabbing a bar of chocolate, I get myself some funny cat videos. I've got a bit of an obsession with watching cats who are frightened of cucumbers. And other things um, that really, really make me laugh. And there'll be certain things that really make you laugh, whether it be people falling over, old reruns of friends, like particular clips that crack you up. But we're talking belly laugh. It's got to really get your funny bone. And just having a little library of those can save your day. So that's endorphins. I will move on to oxytocin next. And just whilst um, whilst it's still current to talk about, um, it just so happens that out of the blue, I reached out to a friend of mine called Mark McConville, who is a stand-up comic buddy of mine for a long time. And I am in the process of uh, organizing to interview him. I think we're scheduled for next Wednesday. And he is a, a laughter for health expert with a degree in this. And so he's going to share all of the health benefits of laughter across a, you know, a full length podcast interview uh, shortly. So yes, we can learn a lot more about the endorphins and uh, other health benefits of laughter from a professional really soon. So I just wanted to share that as well. That's great. I'll look forward to that one. Great. So number two hormone is oxytocin. So commonly known as the love hormone, but more accurately, it's actually the trust hormone. It's about creating trust, which triggers this. It's also stimulated by coffee, but again, off the menu. And this one might sound a little flippant, but the hack is hugging. Hugging creates oxytocin in your body. And that makes you feel great. And I've been reading a lot about this recently. And I found that the optimal number of hugs in a day is, have a guess. Well, I don't think we can overdose on it. So, <laughs> the, so I think that an adequate a number to be able to feel well supported, loved and secure in life might be maybe three I thought that too. Apparently it's eight. So you need to up the quota. 
The good news is it can be humans and animals. So apparently hugging your pet dog can release just as much oxytocin as your partner. Um, So this, I think, has got to be the silver lining of working from home. You know, trickier in the office, really, unless you're very pally. But, you know, if you're just popping down, grabbing a cup of tea and you bump into your child, your dog, your other half, just grab a quick hug and explain like, okay, that's number five of the day. (laughs) Only three more to go. Um, And that's such a simple thing. And hasn't that got to be a great thing? Even if you're not really feeling it, like just to get that hug. I don't think that's ever time poorly spent. Um, And if you're not living with someone, you don't have pets, it's been found actually that positive visualizations can have almost as good an effect So it might be having photographs on your desk of loved ones, holidays, your family that are further afield can release oxytocin as well. Mm. Um, So I love that one, the hugging hormone. I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation now and not when I was a teenager because I would not have been able to take this conversation seriously. (laughs) I know. I was such such an (laughs) immature teen. I would have been just interrupting you and just trying to hug the person next to me and being stupid and kissing someone to get the top lip activated. I mean, I would have been. I I can only handle this without being childish now as an adult. Um, We welcome childish. It's all good. (laughs) okay great um what's this last one we've got two more hormones two more hormones okay serotonin's next it's the happy hormone um interestingly this one's stored mostly in the gut i find that interesting particularly given what we know about the gut and ra it is stimulated by exercise too but also things like massage try and behave um but also natural sunlight so just another reason to get outside and to get sun on your skin and on your face in order to really boost that serotonin. So if you just another example of getting out, taking those breaks and feeling good rather than getting in a bigger and bigger trough working from home as the day drones on. And then finally, it's dopamine, which is Mm. the pursuit of pleasure hormone. Mm. This is what you get when you win on the races or the lottery or even on a smaller scale if you get a like on Instagram because you posted a picture of your cucumber and celery juice. But it can also be triggered in some smart little ways when you're working from home. So one way is what we call little finish lines. So you may already do this. I bet a lot of your listeners do this when they're working from home, but it's writing a list of the things that you want to achieve that day and drawing a little box next to each thing that you can then tick. Now, ticking those things as you go will create little rushes of dopamine as you do them. And that's why it feels good. And some people write things on lists just so they can tick them. Um, and they probably don't know why. It's because it's actually creating a rush of dopamine. I so agree. And I, what I'm doing is I'm just reading what my list is. The, the, my microphone is sitting on the, the most important book of my, that I use each day. And so I'm just going to flash what that looks like. Oh, my God. Is. <laughs> it is a list with little boxes right next to them of all the things that I have to get done. And like I, t- I know, like we planned it, that's hilarious. And I'm putting that book back under my, my microphone in its special spot. And that is, for me, such a dopamine hit. Mm. It's, and, and you've just basically described what I had decided was why I like doing that. Mm-hmm. And on my list of things like sometimes as small as clean up the fallen foliage underneath the, uh, the, the backyard garden plants so that it looks neat and tidy. And I'll tick that and it'll only take me two minutes to do that and put that into the green bin where the, uh, yeah. the, the scraps go. But then I tick a box. And when I tick the box, I'm like, mm. I'm achieving something today. You know, I'm, I'm making a progress, you know, and it feels good and accomplishments. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of great project management tools now that do this brilliantly. Monday is the tool that we use at Wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it does it beautifully. So when you turn something to done, it almost does like little fireworks for you. Oh, yeah. It's like a tick box on acid. It's good. 
Yes. So I'm going to give you one bonus one for dopamine because I really like Mm -hmm. it. And the final hack is to identify the songs that give you chills. Do you have a song that makes you go <gasps> when you hear it? Um, I like I Remember You by Skid Row makes me feel like that uh, just because it brings back a lot of sort of feelings of a part of my life when I was like, you know, very, um, you know, feeling like I, you know, just emotionally vulnerable and stuff. And, yeah, some of these old rock ballads I like that make me feel like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's um, Florence and the Machine, the dog days are over. And mm-hmm. I know because I've become quite interested in this, that literally at three minutes and eight seconds, that is when I'm going to get the chill up the back of the neck. And that's dopamine. Mm-hmm. It's a point where the vocal comes back in and it's so powerful and so amazing. And same for me, it's a time in my life when that song came out and it was just in a really happy, amazing mm-hmm. place. But what's really fascinating to me is that it works every time. And I tested it just before this call. I was like, does it definitely work? And I don't even have to listen to the whole song. So that is a hack that I can use if I'm having a bit of a dip in the day or I'm just about to join a call and I want my energy to be good. I Mm. can use that. So having a little bank of songs that give you chills, knowing that you'll get that dopamine hit is a really handy way to try and keep your energy high. That's awesome. So that's the end we, of tip three. I'm tipped we out. A, we have a thread inside Rheumatoid Support where people post their YouTube videos of their favourite songs that pump them up and make them feel good. Right. So we actually have everyone's collection all being added to each other's and it's oh quite a resource there. You can go through and watch all those. So that one, uh, a great one as well. So Thank you. You've put a, obviously some thought into making sure that this list matches um, the audience. And I've sat here and thoroughly enjoyed all of these tips. You know, and the thing I love about doing this and, and speaking with you today is that none of this is planned. And so I get to enjoy this on the spot. <laughs> and I, I don't have to think, oh, now I have to tell her to say that or whatever. I'm just like, let's just roll and just see how we go. And it's, and it feels so fresh and and okay. and I'm enjoying it as we go, and I, I I hope that everyone else has enjoyed listening to your suggestions here. And I can really see how helpful these are, and founded on science, which of course I always love to go back to as well. So you've done that as well. So this has been a ton of fun. Thank you. And if people want to learn more about Wealthy, um, please tell them where what to do. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's wealthy.co.uk is the website. So you can see how we spell wealthy up here, just wealthy.co.uk. And there's a blog there which we post to around once a week uh, with some really, I hope, interesting but also humorous articles on there written by myself and Amy. Uh, the most recent one was when we went wild swimming and nearly drowned. So there's some pretty funny stories in there. And also we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter um, and our handle is at get wealthy. Get wealthy. Okay. Fantastic. And do you work with businesses or individuals outside of the UK? We don't currently, but we absolutely can. So we're a real fledgling business. We're just amassing new clients here in the UK. But as I said, everything we do can be remote. There's absolutely no reason why we can't work with companies abroad. And I'm used to working in all sorts of funny time zones given my global roles in the past. And I think it's about yes. 11 o'clock at night here, but we're all good. And th- that's right. We have to make it work, don't we? We're, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's um, a time zone challenge, but uh, everyone's very accommodating. So I thank you for that as well. So <laughs> look, uh, congratulations on being entrepreneurial despite a health challenge. And this is something that I am all about. I think it's fantastic when we have a purpose that's over and above just trying to get well, just trying to get well as our only objective. Uh, put so much pressure on that. And mm. when we have something else that we're doing, whether it be part of, you know, part of a social group or a committee, or if it's part of a, a, glo- a large corporation or a small business, whatever, great. But if we don't have anything like that mm. at the moment, then being entrepreneurial is a way to fill that need to be mm. productive, to contribute, to solve problems, to look mm. towards um, goals and and just a sense of, purpose. And Mm. so 
congratulations on doing that despite obviously having been through a lot with your health and having a lot on your plate with that and being a, a, a mum to a young child. So anyone else who's out there thinking that they have something to share, just as you've shared today, Vanessa, and, and something to contribute to our community mm-hmm. and have a business like this that's helpful, please, we've got a platform here to reach a lot of people. So I'm like totally excited what you've shared today. I want you to send those studies to me as well. I'll probably sure. use some of those studies in my uh, in my book that I'm. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll send them over. Yeah. yeah, good on you. So, thanks very much. And yes, it's time for bedtime for you. So I'll let you go. And we've All got right. the links to get to wealthy. And thank you very much. And keep up the wonderful effort. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time, Finn. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.